Please stand. Please be seated. 
to those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning departs from the standard readings for this Reformation Sunday. Instead, I'd like to speak to you about some words from Nehemiah, the Old Testament prophet. Chapter 4, beginning at verse 15. When our enemies heard that we knew about their plots and that God had prevented their plans from being successful, we all went back to the work on the wall. Each person performed his own job. From that day on, half of my men worked on the wall and the other half were wearing body armor and holding spears, shields, and bows. The leaders stood behind all the Judeans who were rebuilding the wall. The workers who were carrying loads did the work with one hand and held their weapons with the other. And each builder had his sword fastened to his side. In the name of Jesus Christ, mankind's only Savior, the only way to everlasting life, my beloved. The words that I just read from the uh, Old Testament prophet Nehemiah describe God's people rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem after they came back from 70 years in captivity in Babylon. And the city walls had been knocked down. The temple had been destroyed. The temple was now rebuilt. Now they were trying to rebuild the walls around the city. But their enemies didn't want them to build the wall. So they kept attacking God's people to stop the construction. Finally, in order to get the job of construction done, the workers had to hold their building tools, maybe trawls, in one hand and a sword in the other. A sword to defend themselves from their enemies, the building tools to continue to build the wall. And by the way, they did finish building, rebuilding the wall successfully. So what in the world does that story have to do with rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem? What does it have to do with Reformation Sunday? Well, to begin the explanation, let me talk about three words. Formed, deformed, and reformed. Maybe some of you know it, maybe some of you don't know it. Uh, I told this story uh, at least one other time that my wife was an art major. Pretty good artist, too. Uh, she had a high school assignment one time to make a clay uh, statue, a, a clay uh, carving, sculpture. And it turned out to be the bust of a very handsome man. He had a beard, and uh, in fact, my wife called him Melchizedek. And that uh, sculpture was uh, so good that her art teacher wanted to uh, have it bronzed. So he told her, I'll do it over uh, Christmas vacation. So he put her sculpture in the trunk of his car and forgot about it for a week over Christmas vacation, and it froze. And when, uh, obviously he was very apologetic, but when they found it again, my wife said it was sort of like um, 
pastry dough. He couldn't do much and was all cracked and emaciated. But she tried her best to sort of put it back together again, and it looked okay. Formed, the sculpture, deformed by freezing, reformed once again. The church was first formed after the fall into sin when God gave the promise to Adam and Eve that one day he would send a Savior. Throughout history, many people have been trying to deform the church. During Martin Luther's day, and we celebrated always October 31st, 1517, because that was Halloween or Hallowed Eve, the day before All Saints Day, and there was going to be a big celebration in town. And so Dr. Martin Luther uh, posted 95 sentences challenging people to a debate because he didn't agree with this church at that day, at that time. Nobody debated with him. But because he nailed those 95 sentences to the church door, which is like a bulletin board on October 31st, we celebrate Reformation, October 31st, 1517. You see, the church then was being deformed. It was teaching things that were not in the Bible. One of the things I think you know that they were teaching that we still disagree with today is play, uh, pray to the Virgin Mary. Or watch out, you're going to have to spend some time in purgatory. But the biggest deforming teaching was that the head of the church could teach the people doctrine or what they should believe even if it wasn't in the Bible. So along came Luther. And uh, he coined the motto. The motto was coined for the Lutheran Reformation. By Scripture alone, by the grace of God alone, through faith alone. Only by Scripture alone do we find out the truth of God. Only by God's grace, His undeserved love, are we saved. And only through faith in Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, the Reformation of 1517 was not a one-time event. A Reformation is needed every day in the Christian church because there are so many attempts to try to deform the message. And so, like those workers defending themselves and rebuilding the walls of the temple, the mission of the true Christian church is to guard or defend the truth and to proclaim the truth so that others can be saved and that the church can be built up. If you don't defend the truth, finally there won't be any truth to proclaim, to build the church. So the true church's real mission is twofold. Defend the truth and proclaim it. There are attempts all over the place to deform the message of the church, which then deforms the church. And they are all the devil's attempts to destroy the message of salvation to eternal life through Jesus Christ. And it all begins with the devil's attempts to get people to believe that the Bible is not the absolute truth, which it really is. It all starts with Scripture. What does the Bible, God's Word, claim to be? 
just another book, or a one-of-a-kind absolute truth like none other. When Jesus was praying for his disciples, John chapter 17, he said, Father, sanctify them through the truth. Your word is truth. Revelation 22, last book of the Bible. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy in this book, if anyone adds anything to this, God will strike him with the plagues written in this book. If anyone takes away any words from this book of prophecy of God, God will take away his portion of the tree of life and the holy city that are described in this book. Many scriptural truths are being challenged in our day. Just talking to one of our kids in catechism class. You go to public school today, you are taught that evolution is fact. Even though it's a theory and it's not scientific because science is based on observable phenomena and nobody was back there when the world began. Evolution is a lie. Creation is the truth. Obviously, we know why people want to believe in evolution, because if there is no God, everything came together all by itself, then there's no one to be accountable to. And there are no consequences for anything, so do whatever you like. Some people say, well, you can adopt the uh, teaching of theistic evolution that God sort of played a part along with it. I said, that's wrong, too. Because the world wasn't created in millions and billions of years. It was created in six solar days. And to say that it wasn't, why then the Bible is not the absolute truth. And then you're going to have to wonder what other things about the Bible aren't true. There are other attempts to deform the message of Scripture. A lot of people believe, a lot of churches even teach, there is no such thing as hell. Because God would never punish anybody that way for all eternity. So it must be that everybody's going to heaven. What does the Bible say? Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And if it is true that everybody's going to heaven because God is so kind and loving that he would never send anybody to hell for the unbelief, then there's no urgency of any mission for the church to get the message out. Because everybody's saved anyway, then we might as well turn our church building right now into a fitness center and a generic gathering place to socialize. There's another attempt to deform the message of the church, the Scripture's message. That nobody, nobody has the ability to determine when human life begins. And therefore, it doesn't matter when you abort a baby because it's not a human being. Psalm 51. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. You were already a sinner at conception. Therefore, it means you're already a human at conception. No doubt about it. The message is deformed. We have to reform it. Another way to deform the message of the church is to try to redefine the definition of marriage. Define it any way that you want. 
The only thing is Scripture says, that is why a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. Another attempt today. I mean, we finally wonder what kind of world are we living in? That every child should be allowed to determine for himself what gender he or she is. And now some colleges, when you register, they have 27 different genders that you can register under. The Bible says, so God created humans in his image. In the image of God, he created them. He created them male and female. Another attempt to deform the message of the church and to deform the church is that all religions are pretty much, you know, all the same. And as long as you are insincere in what you believe, you're okay. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the light and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. The apostles preached in the book of Acts, we can be saved only by the power of the one named Jesus and not by any other person. And the dangerous thing is that all the attempts to try to deform the message of the church end up challenging the person and the deity and the divinity and the work of Jesus Christ himself. True story. Professor in one religious Christian college said that he no longer believed that Adam and Eve were real individual people. And another professor said, oh, no, 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 no. Jesus said, haven't you read in the beginning how he made them male and female? Read Genesis 1 and 2, how God created Adam and Eve. And the other professor says, well, that doesn't make any difference to me because Jesus can make mistakes. Well, if Jesus can make mistakes, then he's not the holy, innocent, perfect son of God. And his death on the cross does nothing more than for, for you and me than some good man dying for a good cause. If you believe in all the deformities going on around us in the Christian church, then you become like so many churches, finally, who believe that the mission of the church is nothing more and nothing less than just to teach people to be good people because if you're a little bit better person every day, then the world will be a better place in which to live. And believe me, you go to a lot of Christian, Christian churches today and that's the exact message you will hear every Sunday, moralizing, be a little bit better so that everybody can be a little bit happier. The mission of the church is to protect the truth of Scripture and to proclaim the truth. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than Jesus Christ, the Bible says. And so you see, the Reformation is not about one single event back in 1517. It's very much about 2016. Because so many are trying to deform the church by deforming the message. And in so doing, they destroy the message of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. You 
are the reformers of 2016. And like the builders of the walls of Jerusalem in Nehemiah's day, you need to be ready to defend the truth with the sword of the word in one hand and to be ready to build up the kingdom by proclaiming the truth on the other hand. Well, after all is said and done, how do you know what the truth is? To defend and to proclaim. Only one way that I know. And that's by keeping your appointment with Jesus. Looking into the pages of Holy Scripture so that you can see the face of Jesus every day when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. Every day we need to go to the absolute source of truth because then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, the task of a reformer is not easy because when you tell people out there in the world and people out there who uh, are even members of Christian churches some of the things we taught about this morning, you might get laughed at or ridiculed, or hated, or persecuted. But along the way, some will listen, and some will be saved. The workers who were carrying loads did the work with one hand and held their weapons with the other. So, it's time now to go back out in the world once again with sword in one hand and to build with the other. And may God's true church from now on to the end of time be filled with all sorts of reformers like you and me who know what the real mission of the church is. To defend the truth of salvation by Jesus Christ alone and to proclaim it with all of our might. And God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. Peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. 
whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 